welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation as usual as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Hi, and welcome back to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm thrilled that you could be with us today. If you liked our opening song, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and you can download that on any of your favorite music apps. For those of you that are new, Alzheimer's Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have real conversations with real people. Now, before I introduce you to our guest today, we're going to be talking about baseball and reminiscing and um, a great new group that is out there. I always like to do a few shout outs. So first of all, I want to mention if you haven't been to Dementia Map, our global resource directory, please check that out. It's just DementiaMap.com. There are new listings going in every day and um, we would love for you to participate. If you are a business or an individual with resources, products, or tools, I'd love to talk to you and have you be part. We have both free listings and enhanced. So um, just reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. We are also in the midst of Thanksgiving. And so with that, Dementia Action Alliance is doing their annual gathering on Thanksgiving, which will be this Thursday, November 25th, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time. And you will have a link to go to that. Uh, Just check out alzheimerspeaks.com. It's right on the top of our page and you can join that. I also found a wonderful new resource that I wanna share because they are starting a new schedule November 30th and it's called Stories Love Music. And it's about the joy of creative engagement for caregivers. And the program includes creative engagement as self-care, as tools for caregiving, and guidance on how to use music and story um, for stress management and and really dignity and enhanced life. So again, reach out to me regarding this, or you can go directly to their website, which is storieslovemusic.com forward slash contact dash us, and you can uh, register for the program. Also, I always like to mention Arthur's Memory Cafe. We do that virtually every second and fourth Wednesday of the month from one to about 2.30ish, and that is central time. Everyone is welcome, both people with dementia and their care partners. And then in person here in Minnesota with the help of Brookdale North Oaks and the Shoreview Community Center, we do a Caregiver Connect, which is an in-person gathering the last Wednesday of each month from 11 to 9, and we'd love to have you participate in that. You can register at 763 913-6140. One more thing, and then we're going to hear from the foot bar walker. Um, but first, I want to tell you about Picnic Health. Picnic Health is a way that you can help research 
move forward when it comes to Alzheimer's disease. And it just takes minutes. You can do it from home. Go to picnichealth.com forward slash speaks to sign up. And actually you'll receive a $25 just for doing that. Um, what it is, is Picnic Health collects and digitizes all of your medical records into one online account. And then you can consent to share a monetized data of your records with medical researchers. You see, by examining their the real world data from medical records, researchers can find answers that they might not get in clinical trials. So there's important information in each person's unique healthcare journey. So share your story. And if you care for somebody with Alzheimer's, you can always sign them up as well, as long as you have the legal ability to do that. So again, go to picnichealth.com forward slash speaks and get your $25. We're going to hear from the foot bar walker and we're going to be right back. Introducing the life-changing Footbar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Footbar Walker revolutionized my care of George. It absolutely benefits the patient and the caregiver both, and that's the beauty of it. It's so easy to use. It folds up just like a dream. I got it in and out of the car without any effort at all. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle? to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The Foot Bar Walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the Foot Bar Walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the Foot Bar Walker. Okay, it's time to introduce our guest today. And I am really excited because John and I have talked for some time and our schedules just didn't mesh. So let me tell you a little, little background about John. John Leona Dykus is an award-winning filmmaker and storyteller who's based out in Los Angeles, California. He is the chair for the Society of American Baseball Research for the Baseball Memories Program, as well as a facilitator for two of their programs in Southern California. This is going to be a really interesting conversation. Well, John, I am so excited to have you with us today. So thank you for taking the time uh, to be with us. I, I know you've been working on this project a long time. Uh, we've been in contact and you've been really busy. So Again, thrilled that you're here with us today. I always like to first start out and ask if you've been touched in your own circle of family or friends by dementia at all. My mother-in-law was living in an assisted living community and she had suffered some TIAs, some mini strokes, and she ended up in the memory care uh, ward of that place. And that was my first introduction to the kind of life those people lead in those kinds of facilities. And this was an expensive place. This was 10 years ago. She was paying 5,000 bucks a month mm -hmm. uh, to be there. And I was kind of shocked that there wasn't a lot for them to do. They were all kind of shoved in front of TV. He's waiting to die. Yeah. Yeah. My mom um, has been gone since 2014 and the industry has changed a lot in many ways and not so much in others. And I think that old, that whole TV um, as a babysitter still exists out there if communities want to admit it or not. And especially I think now with 
COVID when we've got staff shortages and things. So I'm really excited to talk about your baseball memories program. So why don't you tell us first, uh, where did this come from? You know, where'd you get the idea? Well, it wasn't my idea to begin with. Um, I, I, I was at a softball game and talked to a friend who had moved to Texas. And I said, what are you up to? And he said, um, our Sabre chapter, meaning the Society for American Baseball Research, there's 70 chapters around the world. There's about, we have about 6,500 members. Um, he said, hey, we are using baseball as a means to connect with people who have Alzheimer's and dementia. I said, that's a great idea. And uh, I'm a storyteller and what I do as a filmmaker. And I thought that was a wonderful way to connect with people. And I got the permission from my chapter president here in Los Angeles to start uh, to initiate that. And that's how I got involved. And that was in August of 2018. Wow. And, you know, when you said that, it's like, who would have thought there was multiple chapters and 6,500 people working with this? Do you know, do they have this for other sports you know, like football and soccer and things like that, too? The short answer is yes. This, this is called sports reminiscence therapy, and it really got started in 2009 in Scotland with a fellow that was a, a soccer historian, and his, he had a friend who had dementia, and he found he couldn't really connect with his friend until he took out some old pictures of soccer players from days gone by that they people they rooted for in their childhood, and it acted as a trigger. And, and it just kind of mushroomed from there. So they not only use soccer, they use uh, golf. Uh, there's a sport called shinty that's a lot like field hockey that is wildly popular, there, as well as cricket. So they're using other types of sports to connect with people in memory care. And so we just kind of took it a step further um, and implemented baseball. Now that got started in 2012, the St. Louis Cardinals, there was something called the Cardinal Reminiscence Baseball League, and they got that going in 2012. And then our chapter in uh, the Austin area, the South Texas area, began their efforts in 2015. I love it. You know, one of the things I think that has been missing so much, especially in communities, and I'm going to get kind of uh, genderish here, but you know, things for guys to do. And I know a lot of women watch the game. So don't, you know, don't, don't hate me. But you know, a, a lot of the men have said, you know, well, this is nice. You've got, you know, poetry, and you've got the knitting, and you've got this kind of stuff. And you know, the guys, a lot of times they like their word shop. And, and sometimes that can be a battle just with the equipment and the disease and stuff. So I love this idea. Plus, I love that it, it can engage all generations. So it's a nice way for families to be able to go, wow, I, I didn't know grandma or grandpa was really interested in that. Um, boy, they really, they know a lot. Um, I, I think those are like cool things to be able to connect. So why don't you tell us how does the program itself work? How do people get involved? Well, uh, the program uses baseball as a means to connect with people uh, in memory care. We create community, friendships, and a field of dreams where all are welcome to share memories and experiences about stories about baseball and other things too. I mean, if the, if the discussion leads to sort of talking about popular culture, the cars, the music of the 50s and 60s, that's fine. Job number one is to get folks talking and sharing. But the majority of our participants 
have Alzheimer's and dementia, and they're in the early to moderate stages. It's very difficult to deal with folks, uh, to, to, to do this with folks who are in the severe stage because they have issues communicating. We are, are indeeing uh, a platform where we can do that, uh, but that's going to be down the road a piece. But care partners are actively participate as well. And we create a friendly, welcoming atmosphere where we use prompts to trigger the sharing of stories and memories. We not only talk about baseball, but before COVID, we actually played it a little bit. We would get plastic bats and balls and we'd go outside, we'd get in a circle and just games of soft toss with each other, engaging the motor skills, the hand-eye coordination. Then we even took it another step further to batting practice. I was pitching batting practice to 95-year-olds. Um, and they said, I haven't swung a bat in 75 years. And they lit up like Christmas trees. So, um, and baseball resonates with people in their 70s and 80s now. And, you know, baseball was America's most popular sport in their younger days. And our programs are gender neutral. And sometimes we have more women participating than men. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, you know, we can talk about things outside of baseball. It's just a vehicle to get people talking, connecting, and socializing. And it was created by members of our, our, our program, and it was created by members of the Society for American Baseball Research. And their mission is to foster the study, discussion, and understanding of all aspects of baseball. But baseball is America's game, and it resonates with people um, you know, in their 60s and 70s and 80s because it was the number one sport uh, post-World War II. Well, the whole American pie thing, just hand in hand. I remember growing up, I'm 62, and, you know, before color TV, everyone was gathered around the radio, you know, having a beer in hand, listening to the game if they, if they couldn't make going to the game and stuff. And then even as TV changed and, and was brought in, to the house. I remember being pregnant with my daughter and being mad because I couldn't get home because the, you know, our team, the twins had the roads all blocked and, and I mean, I was just exhausted and I needed to get home. And I ended up going back to the office in tears because I, I couldn't get back because the fan base was so huge that you just, you couldn't maneuver. It just is kind of a household word. People know their games. They know their teams. Um, the loyalty is there. The baseball, did you do anything like with the baseball cards? And Oh, absolutely. We, no, it's really important to engage as many of the senses as possible. Mm -hmm. Of course, pre-COVID, you know, we were able to do, we were able to meet in person and we would bring in books and, and baseball cards and, and, and little figurines of baseball players so everybody could look at it and touch it and, you know, and, and engage. We'll bring in baseball. We, everybody would get a baseball. And that would be our conduit to take us to our field of dreams. And everybody would get a ball to hold onto. There's something very magical about holding onto that ball with 108 magical red stitches. Or the bobbleheads. I remember all the yeah. different bobbleheads or even how the uniforms have changed over time, I suppose, would be a conversation starter or, um, you know, here they always they would always gather before the game and uh, do a little partying, you know, ahead of time and stuff and, and things, just how all of that has changed or the ball fields. 
Um, Absolutely. And we would go, we would go to ball games. We, uh, we do work with the Veterans Administration and they, uh, here in Los Angeles, they're on the same property as the UCLA baseball field. So we would go to games there. We've gone to Dodgers games together. Uh, So we really try to get out and do some outings and experience baseball in many different ways. Oh, that's cool. I'm wondering if we should take a look at your trailer really quick and then come back. Does that make sense right now? It does. Yeah. Go ahead and roll them. Sports has a unique way of bringing people together. It connects generations with shared experiences of our youth. And for those living with dementia, it has a profound power to trigger memories of the past. That power is being unleashed through innovative sports reminiscence programs created by members of SABRE, the Society for American Baseball Research. Sabre has been on the leading edge of baseball reminiscence programs with the goal of enhancing the quality of life for people with dementia, chronic health issues, or living in social isolation. Since 2015, we've partnered with Alzheimer's Texas, Alzheimer's Los Angeles, and the Veterans Administration to present over 200 sessions of engaging and interactive experiences for people living with dementia and their care partners. Our sessions range from meeting up to share stories, trivia quizzes, discussions on baseball history, going to ball games together, even taking batting practice with plastic balls and bats. Sabre supports baseball memories groups in Westchester County, New York, Cleveland, Central Texas, Los Angeles, and San Diego, and we're just getting started. In addition to supporting new programs in Sabre regions around the country, our Baseball Memories Community of Interest is producing a promotional film about the value of these sessions and a research study sharing an analysis of the impact of Sabre's programs. Watching what happens here is like watching people come to life. I saw Richard in my own eyes, the sparkle, the happiness, the smile. It feels like we're having an extended family there. How these amazing members welcome us. I look forward to it every week to go there because everything was positive and talking about baseball. Sabre offers these programs at no cost to local and regional organizations, senior communities, and resource centers. We're inviting partners and sponsors to join us in this remarkable community outreach to connect with people in memory care and spread joy through friendship, camaraderie, and our national pastime. Join us! For more information, visit saberbaseballmemories.org. So, you know, looking at, at the video here, you know, it's just fun to see, you know, the different pictures and, and interactiveness. Uh, how did you come up with that clip, you know, those special moments to kind of highlight and talk about? 
Well, we realized that we needed to make a promotional film to let people know we're out there and be the value and benefits of these programs. And it's one thing for someone like me to talk about it. It's another thing to hear um, testimonials from people who have dementia or Alzheimer's and their care partners to talk about how it's impacted them. And because that's really where the rubber meets the road. And when, you know, and we think we are part of this new wave of care for people in memory care, at, at just in terms of senior care in general, um, where, you know, they're valued members of our community. Um, they're not shunted off to the side and forgotten about. Um, and I, I think that that's, I've been talking to more and more individuals involved in, in memory care, uh, younger people who are saying, someone said to me, I don't want to, I don't need to know the net, the metrics of the value of your program. If I come into your room and I see them smiling, I know your program works. And that happens, that that's also goes for the programs that we do over Zoom as well. I loved when you said, you know, being valued members. I love that you said a new way of care. I think the social aspect has finally been recognized, you know, how important that is. We all want to feel safe, comfortable, and part of a community. I don't think there's a person on the planet who doesn't want that. Yeah. And, you know, when that is added to a chronic illness, when you're feeling outed by that, you know, it, it just it just makes all the symptoms worse. It, you know, it, it raises that hopelessness, that loneliness, um, you know, curve but tremendously. And we all know when people get, especially with dementia, when they're stressed, when they're not feeling connected, you know, their symptoms increase and things get worse in their life. And it's nice to be able to see a program come to life that says, hey, what do you think about this? You know, you live this, I, maybe I didn't. You know, what do you remember? And it's not necessarily about right or wrong, but I think people are also shocked at the history that's remembered. And- the detail and, and and we've had people we did a zoom meeting with uh, our our friends in san diego and there was a woman who joined us from their, her backyard she was about 85 years old and she talked about how her father was a minor league baseball player she grew up on in south carolina and she ended up out in san diego and she had met some of the baseball players there and she was a, a historian in her own right and I got an email, I got contacted on Facebook Messenger from her daughter the next day. She said, my mother has dementia. She has not been, she had not been that lucid in a long time. Yeah. Well, when you, when you feel like someone actually cares to hear what you have to say, it makes a big difference. Absolutely. A really, really big difference. And when you take the scary out and people know it's, it's okay for them to speak and it, maybe it's not perfect, but I think when you're, when any of us are passionate, we, we don't worry about being perfect anymore. We're just so excited about what it is we're doing. And I think your program draws that out. I also think it's wonderful for the care partners to be able to see this change. You know, it gives them hope and it gives them a little probably taste of what a lot of times people will say the person who was because they, ha they haven't seen that for a while. And so they talk about that person many times in the past. And yet, they're still there. It's just up to us to, to pull that out, to adapt and make changes and, and give them a comfortable atmosphere to participate in. You know, one of the quotes you'll hear from the, the film, we, we also have the long form version of the film. And 
um, one of our friends in Scotland who's been leading this charge has said, everybody has a memory box that needs a key to unlock it for the memories to come out. And that's, that's what we strive to do is to unlock those memory boxes. Uh, so, uh, those those folks can share that, that, those parts of their lives that might have been, you know, folks have a tendency to clam up and not socialize and not talk and not communicate. But if we can trigger something within them that makes them want to share in an, in an organic fashion, um, that's a big piece of the success that we're experiencing. Well, and that's huge because, you know, it might be where someone's looking at, you know, what's someone's interest? Well, it's baseball. Well, I, I, I don't really care about baseball. So then that person doesn't want to go down that road to research it because they're not really even sure how to apply it or what to do. Your program is there for them just to join and, exactly. and to be part of. It takes the work out and and let amplifies the joy. And then you're with like-minded people that all are talking about baseball. I mean, that in itself is huge, that having that peer interaction, um, I yes. think it is extremely important as well. You and we fold music in every mm -hmm. every session. We start, it's, we set it up like a baseball game, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's structure and familiarity. So we have the introduction of the players, that's all the people who attend, and then we sing the national anthem, just like they do at the ball game. And then three-fourths of the way through our program, we all sing, take me out to the ball game, like it's time for the seventh inning stretch. And everybody knows the words to those songs. And it's just another component that we fold into the experience that people enjoy. Oh, gosh, I have a clip of my mom with a um, musician who sang, take me out to the ballpark. And I mean, she was in her very late stages. And she couldn't, she didn't know all the words, but she, and she would kind of come and go out of the song. But she just lit up. You know, she just lit up and then, you know, that one, two, you know, and, and it was just so, I mean, I, I still have them on YouTube and I still go and watch that. And it's just so, it just fills my heart, yeah. you know, to see that kind of joy be able to come out even in later stages. And I think so often families forget the possibilities of connection. They've sometimes we, I think as society, we buy into the doom and the gloom and the limitation. Yeah instead of the hope and the adaptability. And I mean, you and I, we adapt every day to our lives. First one with dementia is no different. They are just adapting to different things, possibly in a different way and might need some more support in terms of doing that. But that's what life's about. It's about adaption. And so we shouldn't take that out of the equation when we're talking about connections and activity and engagement and joy and fun. It's absolutely true. I mean, I hadn't, I didn't have a lot of experience communicating and working with people in memory care, but I did have a background where I had some uh, familiarity with human behavior. And the most important trait is being able to listen and to pick up, you know, body language and things like that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all people. It doesn't matter how old you are, what shape you are, what color you are. People want to be acknowledged. They want to feel valued. They want to feel like they're part of something um, and that other people are aware of them and, and value them. Yeah, that's very true. And I think, you know, when you talked about the, the key of listening and body language, so often I think it's easy for care partners to get in that role of director 
and you know this is what's going to happen and here's the schedule and you know they're making sure all the tasks are getting done and i was guilty of that too with my mom living with dementia for 30 years um you get really task oriented and you kind of without even knowing it's happening you kind of give over the relationship side of your of your relationship to the disease and you turn into this taskmaster and so to be able to get that joy and to be able to be in relationship and do some of the fun stuff you used to do together with peers again, because so many times family members and, and friends and neighbors pull back from people. So when you get that peer group, that's really powerful in and of itself to go, gosh, these guys are really fun to be around. And they get this. No one has to apologize or be on their toes. Everybody understands we're dealing with dementia and everyone's okay with it. It is. And it's a safe space. And everybody, yeah. we, we exude that. Mm -hmm. And we've heard from care partners, uh, wives saying, there aren't a lot of things we can do together, but this is one of them. Yep. And, um, and they really enjoy, you know, they say, for an hour, I don't have to worry about making sure this is being done or that's being done. Um, we can just enjoy an experience together and we don't get a lot of time like that. Yeah. And how critical is that to maintain your relationships? You know, I mean, it's such a basic thing. And, I, you know, to me, one of the things I've always battled since I've been in this space since 2009 is, and I kind of blow the horn loud on this one is it doesn't have to be complicated guys right simple is really best and you know it's direct and you know when it's complicated it's scary and then people think of failure and they're not you know it's not going to work and da, 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 da. and so i love that it's it's simple it's organic dementia brings people together it's kind of reminds me of a memory cafe in some ways where i say the disease brings people together, but you're not showing up. And you guys probably are a little bit more for the equipment, you know, like I say, the bowling league or, or the card club, you're showing up for the camaraderie, right. you know, to be it's able to get hard. to laugh again with people or go or get excited about something or, yeah, I remember that, you know, those are moments that melt your heart. I mean, and, and those memories are going to stick with you as a care partner, as a, as a staff person, and as a person with dementia, they might not be able to recognize people's names, but they know this feels safe and it's comfortable and they have fun. Care partners have told us that uh, my husband can't wait to, for the next one. He's always asking me, when are we going back to the baseball thing? When are we going back? And they'll also say that their moods are elevated mm -hmm. um, after the session. Now, you know, like all forms of therapy for not all, but some forms of therapy for people in memory care, this is all very short term, right? But as any care partner will tell you, my goodness, to get an hour or a two or three hours where they're happy and excited and having fun is enormous. I can't even put a price tag on it, they'll tell me. Yeah, well, and it allows them to let their stressors go and kind of walk into that box and go, I'm safe too. Yeah. I'm safe too, you know, and I don't have to feel guilty because I'm not wor worried about medications or dinner or a doctor's right. appointment, but I can, I can just be a human 
connecting with friends again. And that is such a missed factor. Um, I want to ask, you know, how has the program fared, you know, since COVID? I mean, you used to, you know, touch the balls and, you know, do all yeah. those things and meet in person. And, and now I would imagine you're doing it virtually. Yeah, just about all of our programs are, are done virtually currently. Um, and it exploded. What happened was we found that people didn't have to commute. So we got greater attendance, um, you know, for our, for our, our, our programs, which was marvelous. Now we do miss the physical connection of being in the same room and not being able to do the activities of throwing a ball and so on and so forth. Uh, those two hour programs became truncated to one hour pieces on Zoom and every session as I mentioned, it's structured like a baseball game, and every session has a theme. And we also give the attendees agency, what would you like us to talk about next time? So we'll have them take responsibility for the content that we bring. Now, as Sabre members, we bring a wealth of knowledge of baseball history, uh, really fun and interesting stories that we can apply to the various themes and subjects that the attendees suggest. So it's all, you know, it's all, we're all part of one sort of holistic effort, as, as you will. And really, it's our role as facilitators to really set the stage and let people socialize, communicate, and make connections with each other. Yeah, it would be fun to get uh, some sports teams to, you know, even sponsor where you can send out a baseball, you know, to every single, every single attendee just to be able to hold that and have that as a memory and a tie into their community or something. We've uh, done business. We've had pieces where the Los Angeles Dodgers, they provided Ron Say, the old third baseman. He, he was a special guest and everybody got to talk to him and ask him questions. It was all over Zoom. So we're really leveraging those kinds of relationships within our community. Our Cleveland chapter is very involved with the Cleveland Indians. So, and this is something we're looking to, to do more of uh, as we, as, as our program continues to grow and evolve is really to leverage not just major league teams, but minor league teams, local college teams and so forth. I love that. I love that. I, I just, um, yeah. Cause yeah, the, the college teams, the high school teams, all of those things. I mean, there, you know, back in the day, there wasn't near as much to do. I mean, you physically went to the ball games and you, you know, you, you participated, we weren't glued to the TVs. Oh, yeah, the transistor radio with the little earpiece, you know. Oh, my gosh. I can picture my dad and his buddies sitting around, you know, <laughs> listening in. Yeah. Or doing yard work and making sure the game's on, you know, and, and stuff. So um, I, I just love, absolutely love this. Is there a fee for people to participate in this? Absolutely none. None whatsoever. Uh, we're looking to expand our program next year and uh, applying for grants and so forth because we're all doing this on a volunteer basis and you can really only do so much. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd really like to grow the program, uh, creating awareness and social media and such and, and having a, an executive director who will be on a, at least on a part-time basis kind of moving the ball forward. Uh, but that's all part of our growth pattern. But our goal is to always make it at no cost to any organization that wishes to participate. Oh, you guys should look into Mods Awards next year. Oh, well, we have. We've, okay. We're, we're, we're aware and uh, we applied. Didn't make the cut quite this year, but we plan on uh, applying next year. But we're in their little handbook that came out okay. uh, recently. 
Wonderful, wonderful. Alzheimer's Speaks is in there too. And um, yeah, lots of lots of great information there. Um, again, we'd love you guys to join Dementia Map. You know, you can do that as a, a free entity where people can go in and, and website is S-A-B-R and then baseballmemories.org. That's right. Saberbaseballmemories.org. Yep. And then um, email, uh, you can get a hold of you by going to jbgreeksf24 at gmail. We have the trailer that you saw. We'll also put in the link for that in case you just want to share that as well. I just, like I said, I think this is such a fabulous, fabulous idea. Um, Are there certain organizations that you partner with or that you want to partner with? Yes. We currently work with Alzheimer's Los Angeles, Alzheimer's San Diego, the Veterans Administration in Careville, Texas, as well as here in Los Angeles. Um, They've got a living community called the Home for Heroes, and we've been working with them from 20, early 2019 on. As a matter of fact, that is the one of the only places where we go, and I facilitate that, where we go once a month in person, and we're all socially distanced, we're wearing masks. Uh, but uh, So we've been able to meet in person with those folks. We're also working with the Alzheimer's Association of Cleveland, the Carolyn Farrell Foundation, which is also in the Ohio area, and we're working with Oakmont of Las Vegas. That's an assisted living and memory care community. Um, so, you know, we've got our hand, we, we, we'd love to meet with folks from different, all different types of organizations uh, that want to partner with us. Um, we are, um, we're very independent in how we work and we want to align ourselves with organizations who have a similar goal and objective. Uh, we really get a little bit nervous with really large organizations that see us as a component of what their goals are. And um, so we're a little bit sensitive to that because the success that we've generated has been very organic uh, and we don't want to lose that moving forward. No, I I totally understand that. And so, you know, you're out in Los Angeles with this group. Can anybody, since you're virtual, participate in your group then? Well, we're in, um, the short answer is yes and maybe a little bit no because our chapters, um, we've got we've got programs in Austin, Texas, Los Angeles, and San Diego, Cleveland, Ohio, Las, Las Vegas, Nevada, Westchester County, New York, and we've got a new program launching in Phoenix by the start of next baseball season, and we're in early development of programs in South Carolina, New Jersey, and Kentucky. Um, we tend to try to work with folks in those regions. Um, if there's room, so to speak, and people say, you know, we, we'd love to participate, We'll talk with our partners and they say, yeah, sure. Right now in Alzheimer's Los Angeles, we've got a couple that are in Washington State. Uh, we don't have a program set up there, but they heard about it. They said, can we participate? And they said, yes, there's room for them. So we're able to accommodate folks. We'd rather do our best to try to accommodate folks than not. So if folks are interested, they can reach out to me via the email and we'll do our darndest to try and accommodate them. Do you ever record the session? So if someone maybe didn't participate, but could watch and... We typically don't for privacy concerns. And understand that, understand that. Okay. Um, but, you know, just, 
imagine yourself if they're wondering well what's it like imagine yourself you know going to someone's house for you know a, a bridge game or or, or 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 to play poker you're all sitting around a table and you're all talking that's pretty much what it's like yep yeah and as I, you say it's really about the camaraderie and bringing people together and people say well what are the benefits of your program well number one it enhances socialization and quality of life that's a big part of what we do is really enhancing the quality of life who come and participate we connect people who might feel isolated it builds friendships and community it increases self-esteem and life satisfaction it decreases symptoms of depression and it's a non-pharmacological method to alleviate behavioral symptoms uh, it improves cognition, uh, communication, behavior, and moods. It maintains dignity and humanity of people. It provides relief to caregivers. And it promotes physical health when we're actually able to get together and, and pass a ball around and these kinds of things. So we see those as being really powerful values. They're huge. And they've been overlooked for many, many, many years, I think, in this, in this industry. Um, you know, and a, and a lot of people will say, well, you know, they've, you know, communities have always incorporated that, but it, but that's just a piece when you're pulling people in from, from outside and you're expanding what they can do, you know, I mean, that's cool because we all have different backgrounds. We all have different interests and we have the right, I believe of choice to be able to participate in all of those different things that we as individuals have had, have had an interest in, or if we've taken that interest up or not, to be able to explore that. I, I think that that's really cool. And, and one of the things that I saw that I'm really glad has changed, but when I first stepped into this uh, space in 2009, people and organizations were very much of the belief that these are my people, this is my group, and they, they couldn't go to another group. I mean, it was very limited and there were a lot of barriers. And I, I think that that has, for the most part, crumbled and people understand the importance of connecting people to a variety of different groups. Especially and now with COVID, where we're all inside of our bubbles. Um, you know, we not only do we work with people in memory care, we work with people who have chronic health issues. Most of the people we work with in the Veterans Administration uh, have that sort of situation. They're not all cognitively impaired. And we're also seeing, you know, people living in social isolation. You know, we're trying to reach out to people in rural communities who are, you know, somewhat boxed up by this thing as well. And that's those those are the other types of folks we're reaching out to. I think that psychological and kind of social aspect to care is so vital and um and i think it's finally bubbling to the top where people are saying wow this is really making a difference for all of us not just the person for dementia but everybody on the whole care team you know at different levels and it's taking the scary out and it's changing the perceptions of what is possible and to me, that's really, really cool. And there's a tremendous amount of possibilities for, for these types of things to grow and expand to make, to, for people to feel included and part of something. And at the end of the day, we're all in this together. It doesn't matter how old you are or if you've got a, a cognitive impairment, uh, you're a human being and you deserve to be valued. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that I like, you know, about doing Alzheimer's Speaks and having these opportunities to speak with people like you is, you know, maybe someone's interest isn't sports, maybe it's cooking, maybe it's travel, maybe it's whatever. This type of concept could be applied to all of those different Absolutely. Things. Um, religion. I mean, it, it, 
it's endless. It's absolutely endless. And the more of those things we have, um, the better all of us are going to feel, especially as we age and go, how am I going to be taken care of? Right. You know, what's, what's going to be acceptable for me um, is not what was acceptable for my folks, you know, back in the day. And so I, I again, I, I love the creativity. I, I love the openness of what you're doing. And, um, you know, really applaud, I really applaud that for all of your groups. And, um, you know, I would encourage more of the teams to step into this with a little, even a little bit more power, because I can't even imagine what a visit by the players means to these groups. I, I can just see them light up going, you know, and having something to talk to that so-and-so I got to talk to so-and-so today, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty neat. And so many of them do volunteer things. Um, and dementia is hitting a lot of our players in different sports elements as oh, yes. well. Or announcers, I would imagine, would be just as thrilling for them to to run across as well. That would be again, like there's 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 so many different types of opportunities that we have yet to explore. Partially because you know we're we're all stuck in here with COVID, uh, we'd love to get back out there and into the field with everybody and mm -hmm. really take this thing to the next level. But in the meantime, this is working very well with people, and people are enjoying, as you say, the camaraderie and the connection and the friendships. And like you said, your brand has expanded because of COVID because a lot of people couldn't come because it was just too much work to gather. And so I think even as we, one of these days, hopefully get out of COVID, I'm in Minnesota and we are like really bad here right now with it. You know, I think we're going to end up with a hybrid. We're going to be doing both. Yes. And we're already seeing that through our friends at Alzheimer's Los Angeles. You know, when we get the, the, the coast is clear, you know, we think we're going to do, you know, once a month, we'll do the everybody in, in person and we'll probably also do everybody on Zoom because people just can't get around as easy. Yep. Yep. And I and I think that that was a wonderful thing that was highlighted and and the need met. You know, because a lot of people, you know, they don't want to ask or they they it makes them feel less than, you know, well, if they can't participate, it's too much work and they kind of feel like a, a Betty Downer and they shouldn't, you know, because we can't we can't come up with options if we don't really know the true needs. And so it's yeah. really important for people to have honest conversations with us so that we can get creative and, and figure out how to meet those needs. So kudos, kudos to the baseball memories program. I love it. Again, people can go to SABR and then baseballmemories.org for more information and, um, you know, spread the word on this. I think this is really, really cool. Maybe, maybe we'll have some people listening that want to get involved in um, developing a chapter. How would, would, do they just contact you to do something like that? Yeah, let, yeah, just reach out to me. We can kind of take it from there because I say we have chapters all around the United States in various towns and cities. And, um, you know, we'll, the idea is that we try to get someone from our Sabre community to mm -hmm. help facilitate and lead that in conjunction with a partner, whether it's a local chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, Veterans Administration, something like that. That partnership is very important. Well, John, any anything that we missed that people need to know about the program? No, I think we've covered the base. I would I would encourage folks who are interested, please go to our website. Lots and lots of information there. Not only that, you can see the long form version of the the the, the trailer that you you just aired here. Uh, it runs about 23 minutes, and you you can take a much deeper dive 
into our programs uh, and what it has to offer. And uh, so I would encourage folks to definitely go to the website and take a deep dive. It's very rich with content. Well, fantastic. Thank you again so much for your time and all of your effort for everybody on the team that is and it's bringing these forward. Again, I, I just think it's absolutely fabulous. So thank you so much, Sean. Thank you so much for having me and our friends from Sabre here. We, are, we appreciate getting the time and having a chance to meet with your listeners. For our listeners, again, you can always reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com or just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. Have a fabulous week and we'll talk with you soon. Thank you.